0: When things get dicey, there are always people I reach out to. There are certain people I want to hear from. Dane Sanders is definitely one of those people for me. He brings a wonderful perspective to the table. His demeanor is gentle, but he's firm. He's failed and learned from those failures. He's been tested, and he's trustworthy. A while back, he launched a habit course that was covered by Forbes, and it blew up. You can find it at tellmeyourdreams.com. Have a listen to this one as Dane and I chat about habits, training, self-awareness, and what it is that we can be learning about ourselves during these uncertain times.
1: The The thing that I would want to talk about with your audience today or whenever we do it, I want to talk to them about the moment we're in and how this moment was not a, this reset globally was a reveal moment. It just showed people where they're at that they didn't know they were at. They weren't ready for the moment. And the question becomes, how can you get ready for the unpredictable unforeseen realities that show up? And we're old enough to remember the unpredictable of 2008 or the unpredictable of 2001. But a lot of these younger folks, this is their first run at the crazy disruption, a radical or like digital analog to digital, like, um, those moments, especially for photographers, um, or if you translate it to a scaled business like what the Handlines have experienced, like they've had, Mike's had so many rounds of these kinds of things in his life. Mm-hmm. He just kind of goes, Oh, we're in that season now. And mm-hmm. he's not like he's, he, he of course is concerned about cash flow and employees and doing the right thing. And, but he's probably pretty steady, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that it would be harder for. The first round that Chris went through this, or Tim, or whoever, and you know
0: it—it it reminds me of—I uh, want to talk about this. It reminds me of that scene in Apocalypse Now with Robert Duvall, and you know it's in Vietnam, and it's this—it's the I love the smell of the smell of napalm in the morning scene, mm-hmm. and he's—they're all—it's like during an attack, or it's during something that's like in. The crap, so to speak, right? Yep. And yep. they're in the midst of it. And Duvall's just kinda strolling through. <laughs> He's just kind of walking through talking to all these kids who are terrified yeah, that right. they're gonna get hit with a stray bullet any second. Or even not a straight bullet, an intended bullet. But Duvall is literally, and there's things exploding and there's fire over here, and like maybe somebody actually got shot over here. And Duvall's like walking through it as if he's completely and totally invulnerable to what's going on. Mm. And it makes me think he, you know, he was in his late 30s or, or early 40s or whatever his character was and he's talking to all these kids that are half his age that are experiencing all of this for the first time totally and it's almost like second nature for him to not panic yes he's concerned yes he's making the right decisions yes he wants you know all the best for everybody it's not about (laughs) anything else anything other than that but the way that he's approaching the situation and reacting to the situation is completely different everybody around him because he's been there he's done that he knows what's work what works and he knows what does not
1: work does that make sense a hundred percent and and I what I, I love about that as an example is photographers especially seasoned photographers they have a unique opportunity to not just not freak out but also to get really curious about okay how is the world changing and in that transformation what might they anticipate because of their experiences that they could leverage their existing skill set in a new way or, or in a, if there are pieces that will persist when this thing is done, how can they rethink how, like, for example, practically, let's say they have a lot of overhead right now mm. and they got caught with their pants down. Mm. Well, a lot of us have had those seasons in our life <laughs> right. and, and you go, okay, well, I'm going to mitigate, I'm going to get in front of this. Before it before the whole world figures out that their pants are down, right. and I'm going to start uh, putting some things in place. Right. Um, there's still going to be a need for human services when this thing is over. Uh, my son, I just got back from the um, from the uh, tire store. Uh, had to get new tires for one of our cars, and my son saved me $300 because he delivers food for a living and he's considered a, whatever the kind of workers that have to work right now, the essential workers. He he's an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I have to show his little badge and I saved 300 bucks, uh, just because I asked for it. Uh, um, right. so that was a couple things. One, it was just kind of cool that my son was wise enough to figure out a business in the middle of the moment when everyone's getting fired. Right. And, um, and I, uh, was smart enough to go i'm gonna keep asking for discounts until they say no uh so because that's what you do in the season it's not a moment to be nice this is a this is a wartime moment you are asking for everything because every dollar matters (laughs) um so i don't like credit but i just opened a firestone credit card that allows me to not pay anything on my tires for the next six months not because i don't have money to pay for my tires it's because i don't know what i'm going to need that money for in the next six months Does that make sense? Yes. I had a conversation
0: with uh, our neighbor who rents uh, the building next to us. She's a hairstylist yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, her business has been shut down for weeks. And she just told me that the lady that owns her building said, you don't have to pay rent this month. Yeah. And she said, I could have just kissed her. I could have just cried. And I said, that's amazing. And she goes, she goes, and she might even offer it next month, but I'm going to turn it down. Mm -hmm. And I said, why would you do that? And she goes, "Well, this is hitting everybody really hard." And I said, "Yeah, but it hits some people a lot harder than others." Mm. I said, "I can guarantee you that it's hitting us a lot harder than it's hitting her. I know her." Mm. And she it is a very nice thing to say you don't have to pay your rent, right? Right. But for some people it's it's not as big of a deal as it is for others. I said to her, "If she offers you free mo- free rent again, you take it. You say thank you." Yeah, and you make her cookies. <laughs> You do, you do whatever you got to do in that respect, but you don't let your pride get in the way of somebody else's generosity.
1: Right. Right. Dude, I I couldn't, I mean, I think that what you're describing, especially the pride bit is so um, under misunderstood or underappreciated. that because there's a self-awareness that's required to notice that that's actually happening because there's a narrative she's telling herself of like, no, no, I'm a nice person. I would never do this. I would never right. do It's like, no, oh, no, no, it's all just masquerade around some other thing going on that you're just not aware of. And you don't even need to be aware of it. Just trust me, take the money and we'll, you're, you're going to figure the other part out later. Take but it I and think say thank you. That's it. And I think, I think this is where so much of the job of people right now, the reason we're doing, doing a habit course is because, um, it's called the habit course, how to win at working from home and how to win at working from home is like the easy, oh, I'm working from home, my life's complex, I have kids and I don't know where to work and whatever. Ironically, photographers, they know how to work from home. They've been doing this forever. Right. Um, but what they may not know is like they have an unfair advantage, but there's now it's a little bit more compact and complex and whatever. Right. And, they're, and they're stressed out because of the cultural moment we're in. The reason habits are so important is in a world where you feel like everything's out of control, you need to control something. And if you can pick some minimally viable habit that gives you a tether and helps you, and this is the kicker, helps you go from level eight stress to level seven stress mm. or six or five or four, you have more resource by which you can realize, oh, wait, I've been through this before. Yeah. I know how to do this. I actually can be the Robert Duvall as opposed to the 22-year-old kid again yeah. that I was last time I did this. Yes, And- Take advantage of the fact that I know how to do, I have a setup at home and I have lights to put up if I want to do an online thing or, or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, this is where I'm, I'm kind of giggling to myself that all of the caca that you and I have been friends through uh, in my own life where I've just gone like, you know, my own deal, it was all just training, bro. It was just training to get ready for a moment where on a personal level, um, this isn't like a sitting on a high horse sitting on like it's hard it's hard right now cash flow is hard Mm -hmm. but i have capacities that i didn't have when i was younger because i went through things and i had friends like you in my life who i walked it out with and gained perspective and now i'm leveraging that perspective in the moment that i'm in Mm -hmm. and it's i'm I'm giggling to myself as a believer because i'm like (laughs) of course the lord would do this of course, Deuteronomy six, eight, like this is taking me through a process, like a good father would to discipline a son to help me learn, to become a certain kind of person for such a time as this with friends like Jed and friends like on the other end of this phone call.
0: So do you think though, that regarding the training piece then, and, and everything else that you're saying is training perpetual, or do you have a sense that, that you're towards the end of your training and now you're like getting into the game to continue the analogy or is it like, yeah. well, I'm always in training when you like all that stuff I went through that was training, yeah. but are, is it like, I mean, I'm still
1: training. I, I going, I'm going to that with the training bit. And this is part of our, our course is week nine is uh, play infinite because a finite game and Simon Sinek and others have talked a lot about this in other contexts, but the application of it is look, a finite game is I'm playing a linear game where there's a beginning, a middle and end and a winner and a loser. And I'm just playing to win. I'm trying to get enough points. And that's a fine game. There's something wrong with that. I like police, those football. games. Yeah, they're fun games, but um, I'm not interested in those games anymore. I'm far more interested in the game where I don't play to win. I play so that I'm in a position where I can keep playing. I'm interested in persisting. And what I'm realizing is the game of life is an infinite game, not a finite game. People who play a finite game in this world, they try to accumulate beauty or wealth or stuff in a in a point system that is unconscious largely, in a status game. And at the end of it, guess what? They're fools. They die. And they have points that are left for other people to enjoy. And then they have to work out what's next. And I am believing full like way, certainly it comes from my faith tradition, but way beyond that, that we're in a radically important infinite game where i get to decide am i actually becoming more true to who i'm made to be or any if i'm not actually swimming against the current in the training mode i am going opposite the current is taking me in in a direction that i'm not staying neutral i'm going in reverse and i don't always feel that because reverse is so slow when it feels like i'm stopped but then i wake up and i go how'd i get here (laughs) right you know? And, and I think that's, and you've
0: you've digressed so much.
1: Yeah. Right. That's right. This is why James Clear is such a a pivotal voice right now in our culture around habits, because this notion that who we're becoming is so critical and we never stop becoming. We never stop. So
0: that's kind of what I was referring to. Like is, isn't it perpetual? Isn't it constant whether we like it or not you're becoming yes. you're becoming better or you're becoming worse now those yes. for lack of better terms right but like yes. to sim- to oversimplify the whole thing no that's right you're going one way or you're going the other right and i feel like neutrality is a is a myth on one hand um, that's right. in that if you th- if you think you're neutral um then you're that you're actually in a, a, a digressive state does that, does that ring true?
1: That's exactly right. And I, I think the truth is um, we all know this all the time. But we, it's one of the reasons why it's such a gift to have a 24-hour cycle. We do get to stop, right? Because sometimes I think people hear this kind of a message that we all know intuitively is accurate. But we're just tired. We have, Life is hard. We, like, we need weekends. We need to go to sleep at night. Isn't that it, how fact- Scott,
0: doesn't Scott Peck, there's a guy named Scott Peck that's got a, that has a really cool book and the title of the book escapes me, but I think the very first sentence is,
1: life is difficult. Yeah, it's a road less traveled. It's <laughs> that's it's it. uh, That's yeah. exactly it. Life is difficult. Yes, and it is. Yeah. And and so this is why, like, I, I'm not a fan. I used to be, especially when I was younger, a fan of, like, oh, let's go, you know, in our enthousi- youthful enthusiasm, let's take the hill, let's do these things, and I get that, that's seasonal and important in your development. But at some point you realize like, no, no, this is slow and steady, man. And and I, I, it, there's cycles to it. So one of the reasons why identity habits based on a 24-hour cycle, a, a to-be list, who you're becoming list, and what are the things that you reset every 24 hours, and then look at the data. Your goal isn't to get a perfect score on your 24-hour cycle, your goal is to just notice how are you showing up in life every day? And part of that, a big part of it that I underappreciated, like I used to think sleep was just um, optional. Like I can get by in five, six hours, four, six hours. People brag about it, stay up late, do your well, thing. Well, when you're younger, it's closer to optional, isn't it? it? It feels like it. It feels like it. But then once in a while you see a guy like Kobe Bryant or LeBron James who have massive talent, maybe they're bad examples, or like people who they, they chose to live alternatively even when they were young yeah, and they, they experience this, this, we deify these people right. and, and why do we do it? Because they're, they have ridiculous, like they, they're not normal. They get made fun of for the right. way they're doing their life. Right. And um, LeBron James invests $1.5 million in his body every single year. And with, with, with all of the different inputs and s- systems and people around him and how he does his life and I would argue that he doesn't really need to do that anymore. He's LeBron James. Yeah. He's, he, he's a billionaire. And, yeah. and yet he is because he's smart. And he's putting himself in a position where he gets to win for the whole of his life. It's not a coincidence, in my view, that guys like LeBron James is without controversy for his entire career. He's still married to his high school sweetheart. Mm. If there was ever a human in the zeitgeist who would be targeted – to become a problem person, yeah. it would be him. Yeah, but he's so clear on who he's becoming. Right, and that's that's the part where I think that is available to every single human who is hearing our conversation, if we choose to bring some method and a and a, and a process to it, and we're not in a rush. We're not in a rush. We just like this is where it's like I don't I don't need to get everything done today.
0: It seems I, to me I, like self awareness is a big piece of this, and. And that the enemy of what you're talking about is, um, like self-denial or self-delusion being self, like not, I feel like in order to be successful at what you're talking about, you have to be able to essentially look at the truth and, and acknowledge it for what it is. In other words, if I didn't get very good sleep last night, or I haven't been eating very well lately, the first step. Must must be acknowledging that as truth. Yeah. I got five hours of sleep last night. I'm going to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. I had 30 bowls of cereal last week. That was not the healthiest choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and if you can do that without shame. Yeah. How okay, much- that's what I wanted to get to. Good, you go.
0: The shame piece not the conviction piece because right. to me the conviction piece is part of the self-awareness critical where I'm like critical. you know what I shouldn't have done that that was that was that was bad for me and there will be consequences for that is yeah. different than saying I am horrible. Yeah. I am a bad person. Yeah. I deserve all these terrible things because I am awful because I did this. Those are two completely different. Mindsets,
1: right? They are. I, I I'd, go, I'd want to go a little further. So, like when you talked about the conviction, you always
0: piece,
1: do, <laughs> <I'm> a jerk. <laughs> uh, the conviction piece is really interesting to me. So, I think we kind of set ourselves up for shame when we frame it as conviction, because conviction is you're guilty, you're con- you're convicted, you're going to jail, you 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 know. There's, but I another way to frame the same thing, same dynamic, is more from a position of neutrality where you're you're almost standing outside of yourself as someone who cares about you like a friend would and they're just getting they're like with you they're like I was with a friend who's really trying to kick the smoking habit mm-hmm. and yes and and some other bad habits and yesterday was 420 and yeah. and I got to stand with my friend um w- while he was smoking a cigarette breaking his own commitment and love him be with him And there's a sense which I like, did I want him to smoke a cigarette in that moment for his sake? No, Uh, did, does he want that? No, (laughs) but there's a sense of like getting, being with him and getting curious, The, the, the possibility of removing shame became an option because of the neutrality with which we were observing the phenomenon. We were just looking at reality. And when we live in reality, the reality of our situation is everyone's locked down. The reality of our situation is um, uh, cash is King. The reality of our situation is um, uh, it's probably going to be really different in culture and society indefinitely. Um, And it's really tempting to be in denial of those things Mm. as opposed to going, okay, so what can I, what, is this what I want? How do I want to relate with this thing? How do I want to navigate this next season of my life? So, going back to the first point about not feeling bad, it has we as much as we can predetermine that we will not f- experience shame. That will increase the likelihood of us being open to changing. Mm. Um, and if we if we if we set up a scenario where we're going to feel that negativity, it's it the bummer part of it is we kind of disqualify ourselves. Often, not all the times. So Sometimes people do Herculean efforts to get over it. Right. But we do feel bad. we do feel bad. And I just, I just, um, it's a sunk cost. You actually can't do anything about the thing that's already been done. Like the, the, the 30, this, but it's ironic, right? This is what bulimics do. They think they can fix their historical bad choice by purging the thing. Right. But how tragic, right? It's like they paid twice for the same thing. Right, right, right. and, and, I would just rather say, well, let's just slow the train down. Let's feel the grief. Let's work through that, and then let's go again. Because we always get to go again as long as we have another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the playing again thing. Get playing mm-hmm. to keep playing, and that's um, that's why, I like playing slow. I, there's a, a book. A, it's an old book now. It's called Getting Rich Slowly, um, and is I just love it. Guy uh, Kawasaki. Well, I don't know if it's Guy or somebody else, but it was. I love the title. Oh, the he title. did rich dad, poor dad. But yeah. He did rich dad, poor okay. Yeah. But the, the idea of getting rich slowly is just like, if you're not in a rush and you're committed to the end, you can get there quicker, which is awesome. But what's more important is that you get there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you stay on the train moving in the right direction? Yeah. It, it's, it's a, f-
0: that's helpful to me. Um, the conviction piece and shame piece i use i use i've used them not interchangeably actually and i've said that it's one thing to be convicted and know you did something wrong it's another thing to feel shame and think that you are bad mm-hmm. there's there are bad things and then there's a big difference between saying i did a bad thing and saying i am bad right cuz you can really get stuck in the shame piece and 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 when you're stuck there it can be really hard to come out of that yeah um, that's helpful um, what's what's your message for people overall right now Clo- close close with that tell me tell me what your message is for people right now
1: yeah, I think that um I think what i When I, when I'm around friends who are honest and candid about their situation right now, um, I think to your point a second ago, I think it's really okay for people to feel a little scared and to understand that this is a moment that we, it feels, um, it's always been unpredictable what's coming next, but right now we're way more universally aware of, Mm. we don't know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And, um, That I think if I was going to give one message, I would say um, you're not going to, your best way to get through the season, but not just through the season, to really set up for the next season, which I think is the work we need to be doing right now, is to start with a minimally, I keep saying minimally viable, but just like the littlest effort you can do to feel like you have a handle on one portion of your universe. <laughs> and if that's like this big, like, like two inches by two inches, that's plenty. You can, you can do something with that. But what you can't do much with is, is, is this kind of mental abstraction that you're going to do with this Herculean effort and get a, yeah. It's like, it's not going to work, man. Like right now, if what you need to do is organize your, your junk drawer, do that uh, gets, get a little, stability under your like your legs under you mm. and then may, make a little build from there a little build from there um we bought for our kids we bought this um uh i don't know what it's a switch like it's a gaming system i think Nintendo's. i'm familiar yeah are you you're, you're a gamer guy you're, you get this I, i'm not one of those guys so but we we bought a used one uh my son got a guy who sold it to us cheap and we we got this game called animal crossing i think it's called uh-huh. and What's so funny? I mean, that I would—that's my advice for people—is is play Animal Crossing, because when you start the game of Animal Crossing, they give you like the least tiniest existence of a, a character, and and basically you build from that one thing. You're like, I'm gonna get, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch a butterfly. I'm going to pick up a log. I'm gonna pick up a pear. Whatever your thing is on your little island, and over time you start putting the pieces together and you're like, oh, I can, with this little log, I can build a, a fishing pole and I can catch right. a fish, you know? Right. And, and over time, like my son started a week ago, he's going to other islands now and he's got fruit orchards and he's got <laughs> like this, he's got all these different get-ups and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm cracking up, but it, that's kind of what I'm describing yeah. is you can do a lot more with a little, if you're in it for the long haul and just figure out what is your little. And if it feels, and I will say this, this is really important. If you feel like you don't even have a little, you don't have a little, um, you need to know if people are listening to this, um, you're deceived. You actually do have a little, and it can, even if it's just noticing that you're breathing, even if it's if, if you can reflect, this is why things like gratitude journals are so important. To pause, you're probably locked in a narrative where you're telling yourself a story where you are um, a victim or life's not worth living or you're in a tough spot. And I, believe me, I know that I have told myself those stories. Mm. And um, if, if you're in that space, get in a conversation with someone who loves you or has regard for you in some way and ask them to tell you something that's more true than the story you're telling yourself right now. Mm. As you have something, you just don't know. And if, if that's all it is, if all it is is listening to this podcast, then that's plenty to start with. It won't be where you end with, but it is where you're going to start with. And start with that, and you will be surprised if you just keep walking one step at a time how much ground you can take. And for those who have more momentum and traction, don't get ahead of yourself. You're playing the long game. And there's moments where you sprint a little bit, but for the most part, we're just steady, 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 steady. That is the fastest track to get where you want to go. It's always been true, and it will be true when this thing's over.
0: Thank you, Dane Sanders.
1: Thank you, Jed Toffer. I'm a better man because of Jed Toffer. I want everyone (laughs) in the whole world to know that. Jed, but this its so funny because we've been friends for so long. This was your message to me a decade ago
0: i remember that
1: like which is so funny (laughs) i remember remember that
0: yeah i i wasn't thinking of that but i do
1: remember that yeah and here we are and and uh i think that's really good news and i'm glad so many people and in increasing numbers are listening to you because you're a voice that people can really trust uh jed toffer is a faithful person and he can offer you um hope directly and also he brings people around him who can help you as well so tell your friends hang out here this is good things from good people and uh i'm glad i'm really honored to be a part of it so thanks for all you do jen
0: thank you brother i appreciate it until next time